1: And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 11th, 2023. Good morning, Horse World. When your
3: start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned, and completing the challenge is the challenge, you're an endurance rider. And welcome back, Karen. Woohoo! It's a Day. Yes, it is. How are you doing, in- Jen? I'm doing good. Has has summer arrived in Gardnerville, Nevada yet?
1: <laughs> you know, we're supposed to hit triple digits this weekend. <gasps> no. Yeah. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, we're we're getting there. We is are. that is that not typical for July? You and- know we have you know there are some years where we only get into the 90s um so yeah they're talking that we might break some records for um reno was reporting maybe 105 or 108 degrees for the weekend so we'll just see i'm gonna have that my um Air conditioning cranked up. <laughs> there we go. And think.
3: Speaking of cranked up, we're cranking up today's show. We are going to be talking about EDPP. If you don't know what that is, stay tuned. It's lots of fun. And Barrett Meyer is going to stop by and talk a little bit about being a double decade team. Don't know what that is. You're going to find out a little bit. And then Victor Pendroza or Victor Pedroza. Sorry, Victor. And Maria Hines are going to stop by and chat a little bit about. Trail trials, yet another sport that you can participate in if you like to ride outside of an arena. Woohoo! Now, this is a part of the show every every month that we chit chat about your endurance tip, the aforementioned EDPP. Uh, first of all, what is EDPP, and what inspired you to give us this tip this month?
1: Exactly. This is a term that was coined by Dr. Jamie Kerr, who has been a long time uh, veterinarian in the West region and also a head vet at Tevis for years. And what it stands for, EDPP is eating, drinking, peeing, and pooping. So those are things you want your horse to be doing. And that's Kind of how you can, you know, keep an eye on him, make sure everything's working right. This you is know. this is the working man's vital signs. Exactly for your <laughs> horse, and this applies to any horse, not just an endurance horse, but you know, any other discipline or sport, or just even um, a, a pasture ornament. You that's, hey, that's a discipline. To, pasture ornament. But that's Some horses are right. really, really good at it. <laughs> exactly. I know. It's so it's very important. They need to be eating and drinking and peeing and pooping. Those are all super important. And so one of the things that, that Dr. Kerr has talked about, and we interviewed him, gosh, it's been a few years, um, and had him on the show and explain it. And one of the things with the drinking that, that's important to know is to count your swallows when your horse, when you watch them put their head into the water bucket or trough and drink, it, it you know, how many swallows does it take to equal, say, a gallon of water? And of course, now, it's going to vary. Let me
3: interject but- here why this is important because some people whose horse typically drinks out of, a automatic waterer or a five-gallon bucket, it's easy to see how much they're consuming. If your horse right. is drinking out of a large volume of water, uh, that's why it's important to know because you can't get you can't see down. And this is important too. I have a 16 and a half hand thoroughbred who weighs in at twelve hundred and fifty pounds. He's a big guy.
1: Mm-hmm. We also
3: have a 12-hand hackney pony. <laughs> the amount they consume per swallow is. Is very very different. N- Nigel sure. will be as as little mm-hmm. as a couple of cups. He takes teensy weensy little swallows.
1: Uh-huh. Versus
3: Scooter, he can have six six swallows and the bucket's empty. He's the, uh, he's at least a core. He sucks it in. Right. I don't know how he does right. it. Part elephant. Uh-huh. So you
1: might think that oh, it's going to be average for a horse. It is not.
3: You you right, should
1: right test it. It can vary, and that's why you do need to to notice and to pay attention and learn, you know, try to, you know, get a gauge on it. Like, okay, I know when my horse is drinking this many swallows, um, you know, on average, Dr. Kerr says, in 30 swallows, most horses will consume a gallon of water. Oh, wow. Scooters probably half that. Okay, uh-huh. I don't know how he does it because he's a tiny pony. But you, like you said, he's he literally right. Sucks Some of it. them <laughs> yes, they they vary, and so but it's always just good to know so you know how much your horse is taking in because, like on an endurance ride, a horse can really lose a lot of water in an hour. Um, so they need to be, you know, replacing it. And that's why you want to know, um, how much that they're taking back in to replenish themselves. And so these are all things that are important. The EDPP, you know, you want to make sure your horse, you know, is eating or at least wants to eat, you know, the drinking, um, and then making sure that they're also pooping and peeing and, you're keeping an eye on, on that as well. Um, you know, a lot of us, we train our horses to, um, to urinate when we whistle and, uh, you know, cause they kind of know, okay, we're giving you the, the time right now, go ahead and, and pee, get it out. And you want to keep an eye on that make sure it's not getting too dark, you know, too concentrated, um. So that all goes back to, you know, how much is your, how's your horse been drinking? So, so if that,
3: they, if they're not consuming sufficient quantities of water, that could be a reason for the urine being overly
1: dark. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't want it to get, you know, too dark because that's an indicator, uh, of course, that they're getting dehydrated. Got it. Yeah. So...
3: For a horse in a given twenty-four hour period, what would be the cutoff of the amount of water he would consume that you would you would throw the red flag up, as Dr. Kerr would say? It,
1: well, y- yes, and it might uh, be a little bit different for each horse, but for you, sure. Anyway. And of course, and it's all going to factor in on your conditions. You know, the heat, the humidity, how far you've traveled if your horse was preloaded ahead of time like i know i remember one time at a 50 i was giving my horse bow sweet water which we've talked about a lot on the show, which is basically just stabilized rice bran with salt or electrolytes in it. And I and I was measuring how much water he drank in that 24-hour period at the trailer, and it was like 17 gallons of water. Wow! <laughs> it was insane, you know. He liked but, the sweet water a little too much, didn't he? He, he did. He And he was, he, he literally was, you know, the old uh, term peeing like a racehorse. He was. He, yeah. he, uh, uh, but Dr. Kerr does advocate that you want your horse to drink at least eight gallons of water in 24 hours, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so there are ways you can help that like with the sweet water or by giving electrolytes and of course that gets into it's a real art and a science the whole electrolyte thing because you know if your horse is already dehydrated you, you know you need to be careful about how you give your electrolytes and so it's you it, it's all a matter of management you know mm. with uh, with certain horses some are a little bit more delicate than others to manage as far as keeping their hydration up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But,
1: so with the, the p-
3: pooping part of the equation, mm-hmm. is it, is the poop first or second? Is that the first
1: or the second P in EDPP? Um, it's the second one. Okay. Just asking. <laughs> so <laughs> for pooping, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter.
3: We've, we've, we've all had horses that, get a little bit of diarrhea in the horse trailer or when they first travel.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. But what
3: about the horse who gets to the ride or the competition or where your destination and poop is kind of normal, but then it goes back to
1: diarrhea again. Where, what, what might that mean? What's, is that a problem? You know, I've had a, a horse or two that, that does that, you know, they get a little bit loose at the start of a ride and then it gets better. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes it's just, they might be a little bit anxious and nervous. Yeah. And, and so, and again, that's just one more, one more thing you need to learn about your horse. Mm -hmm. Is this normal or do I need to be concerned and pay extra attention to it? Right. Right. And I guess that changes
3: too. If your horse is consuming less food, particularly if it's going to be a 50 or a hundred during that time period that he's competing, the volume of food he's taking in is going Mm -hmm. to be smaller because he's spending most of his time moving. But if you're anywhere you leave home or for that matter, if there's crazy things going on at home and an extended period of time goes by that your horse is consuming considerably less volume of food than normal, that's going to affect the Right.
1: Texture, for lack of a
3: better word, as well as uh-huh. quantity
1: of exactly. manure. Exactly, and you know, and I've I've learned from camping overnight with my horses so so much to count how many, you know, how much manure there is in the morning when you get up. You how know, many there, piles? Should, yeah. there should yeah, there should be at least five, five or six piles.
3: Yes, mm-hmm. it's instinctive to notice how many piles you've got and whether or not that's above or below average for whatever Ex- horse I'm steering at. Yeah,
1: exactly. I know. Yeah, my bigger horse... You know, he makes the ginormous ones versus the smaller horse. I mean, you can totally (laughs) tell them apart. (laughs) But yeah, you've got, you know, the things us insurance riders pay attention to and notice, you know, every little thing, how much our horses, you know, eat, drink, pee, and poop. It's super important. That's harder if
3: you don't take care of your own horse right if you If you board your horses, these things might be hard to say, "Oh, that's normal. That's not normal." So at the very least, quiz the person at the barn who would be most tuned into that, for example, the person who cleans your horse's stall,-huh or the person or go't do it yourself every so often. Go out to the barn at an early hour and say, "Hey, can I clean my horse's stall today? I need to get used to, you know, what's normal right. for him because how much stirring is happening, whether the horse is penned or stalled or tied. I'm I'm sure uh-huh. that if, if they're using, if you're using a high tie, the amount of stirring about that happens while that horse is on the That's high tie. That's true.
1: Exactly. Some of them. Or pigs—that's <laughs> what I call them. <laughs> Some <laughs> of them move around a and, lot, and they, they stir stomp, it all up and make a big stomp mess. stomp it all yeah. into the ground and make, yeah. And, and then others are super neat. They do it on the outskirts, all in one spot, nice and neat. Yeah. So I've had both kinds. <laughs> <laughs> You've had
3: both kinds. So eating, drinking, pooping, peeing—all important things. Um, So both at home, get to know what seems to be normal for your horse during normal times or when you're at home so that when you're going away from home, you can judge the level of abnormal. Your horse normally drinks two buckets of water in his stall overnight. He didn't drink any. You need to take preventative measures Right. versus my horse normally drinks two buckets of water overnight. He only drank one and a quarter. Okay. We need to keep an eye on things, but I think we're okay. See, and it's, because it's not a, it's just like everything else in horses. It's not black or white. There's a lot of gray areas in there that you need to keep an Mm -hmm. eye on. So great tip. Woohoo! And now it's time to get to Kristen from the Distance Depot. She comes by every month and tells us about what's going
1: on over there. Good morning, Kristen. It's Karen and Jennifer. Good morning. Good morning. How are, how are things in Missouri this morning? Well, they're heating up. It is Uh-oh. going to be a hot week, I know
4: it. Um compared to some of the other weather I've been seeing around the country, I don't feel too bad, but <laughs> we're it, it right. will spark up some storms, but um kind of we need the rain, but after seeing our friends in Vermont, I'm just
1: horrified right. at what's They're going flooding. on. There. It's awful, I, I know. It, it is. is awful. Yeah, and we're getting but, hot where I am in Nevada too. So, Are you? Yeah. Uh, so I thought today would be a great time to take <laughs> the opportunity to talk about cooling products for both okay. the humans and horses. So tell us what you have at the Distance Depot.
4: Well, we have lots of um, things for the horse, of course, that I think we touched on last week. But we do have some cooling products for the rider as well. We have um, cool mesh gloves, um, some by area and carrots. And Carrots also makes an ice fill glove, which helps to keep you cooler. They're ice fill products. They also have ice fill shirts and um, ice fill tights that we carry. Um, I was just, I had typed in cooling on the website and it brought up a ton of things. We have cooling vests, which you wet. Um, so they're worn wet, which is a little soggy, but they do keep you cool um, <laughs> because it, it it works with evaporation. So um, those are really nice, too. We sell quite a few of those. And that same company offers a cooling sport cap. And and then we have neck towels, too, which are great at the holds. You just wet them, wave them. You don't even need ice. And those help to keep you cool as well. Mm-hmm. So lots of good things. Um, Iridian offers a, a tight called Radiant um, that we carry. And it has cooling panels made with a lightweight mesh down the
1: side so we have lots of nice options to keep you cool right and and i have some of the carrots um arm sleeves oh yeah the ice fill sleeves those i have are a pair awesome. of those and they're awesome aren't
4: they wonderful <laughs> they are awesome and yeah and they're so lightweight and and people are like aren't you hot in this but when you move your arms it crazy how because i think it works with your perspiration as well that ice fill technology is really incredible plus it
1: keeps you from getting exactly wonderful (laughs) so how would somebody get in touch with you Kristen?
4: um well they can visit us at www.thedistancedepot.com or give us a call toll free
1: 866-863-2349 thanks Kristen. And next up, our guest is Barrett Meyer. Barrett has ridden the same horse to Zona Moon for 20 ride seasons, making them a double decade team, which means they have completed a, at least a 50 mile endurance ride with the AERC every year for 20 20 years. It doesn't necessarily have to be consecutive by the uh, terms of the decade team definition, but it's still, t- you know, at least 20 ride seasons, which is uh, a phenomenal accomplishment. And so, uh, congratulations, Barrett, and good morning. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Oh, yeah, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here.
1: Okay, so tell us a little bit about your horse and how you got started uh, uh, riding 20 ride seasons ago. <laughs>
0: Let's see. Um, Well, um, I've actually been doing endurance for, I had to go back and (laughs) check it myself. I've been doing it for 40 years. Um, There's maybe one or two years I didn't manage to get a ride in, but I did start 40 years ago. And um, I had, somebody gave me this, the mother of Tazana. And um, actually they said, if you'd like to have this horse, I will give you a free breeding um, to go along with the purchase of her, actually she didn 't give her to me for free, but she did give her to me for a thousand dollars and um I said well great i 've never raised a foal. this will be a wonderful opportunity and um so i um, I raised her up and she had thirty days of training and i said so let 's just um i 'm going to be doing trail riding with her so i didn 't really do much finishing for sure, and we just hit the trails and I didn't actually do her first endurance ride until eight years old, so she started a little bit late, I would say, um, considering some people start at six or seven, and um, she she was, (laughs) it's so funny when I think back to the original, you know, several, the first year of riding, she just, (laughs) even going back to the trailer, she's like, put the brakes on, like, no, you cannot make me go forward, (laughs) I'm just not ready, and so I had to get off and lead her. okay, don't you realize the trailer's just right around the corner, and so... Um, you know, she's, she has some stubbornness. She's also a little bit of a nervous mare. She still is nervous in the trailer. When I put her in, she's, you know, throws her head around, stomps around, and and it's the same trailer we've had for years and years. So it's, she's definitely um, kind of a, she's a character. I mean, I just love mares. And um, uh, it's been, it's been a joy having her, uh, you know, just to get to know her so well. And um, as far as going down the trail she um she it's almost in her later years she's decided that this is actually something that is fun to do and she's much more energetic <laughs> and forward because a lot of times um if i was the one in a group going down the trail she if she was the one in front she'd sort of slow the whole train down and i like oh come on this is we've got to do our turn we've got to at least you know get out and lead the lead the, uh-huh. rest of the pack and she's like oh well you know, that's fine and dandy. I'll just, you know, poke along at my own pace. So, um, yeah, I've, um, I'm, I'm really fortunate to live in an area where I can get to trails fairly easily. We've got, um, I live in uh, Humboldt County, California, um, up in Eureka, and we've got um, beaches to ride on. We've got redwoods. We've got um, uh, several different national parks nearby. So it's, you know, getting out to train her has been um, not too difficult as far as time time goes. And in that 20 years I've had her, it's actually, she's done 20 consecutive years. She's never been okay. off one year. Mm-hmm. And um, there was actually a year where I thought I might breed her. And so I didn't do endurance on her for the whole first part of the season. And then I just got a little nervous about breeding her thinking, I will just be a nervous wreck if I if she's pregnant and something goes wrong, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. I, I think that would just uh-huh. be too difficult to to live through it. So I just decided, okay, we better get in shape and do one more ride. that, that last, um, the end of the year. I forgot what year it was, but anyway, we, we got one more in in the fall of the year that I thought I might breed her.
1: And is she an Arabian?
0: She is an Arabian. She's,
1: she's full-blooded. She's, okay.
0: Yeah, she's full-blooded Arabian. And um, the her mother was um, purchased by a friend of mine with the idea that she would use her as a broodmare. So she does have some good bloodlines in her and, um, and she's got two other full siblings that never really did endurance. Uh, actually, I don't think they did any endurance. Um, and let's see her, her grandfather is the real McCoy who, I don't know, he's an older stallion, but he's, um, it fun to kind of look through, um, Go back several years and and look okay. to see what uh-huh. he what he looked like. Yeah, he's
1: Yeah double. my my first endurance horse had that breeding. Actually, oh yeah, the real McCoy. Oh. Yeah. Huh? yeah, nice. So uh, yeah, they're good. They're good horses for sure. So was this uh, becoming a decade team a goal for you?
0: Um, the well, the double. The, I did do the decade team, and I think correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think it used to be consecutive years originally when it was first put together. Was Were you involved in, in having that award originally?
1: For, yeah, pretty much. It, it was kind of my idea. And then I worked on it for actually, I worked on it for a decade doing the interviews and uh-huh. um, putting the interviews out and doing all of that before AERC adopted it as an official um a word ca- you know category um and it was actually based on my first endurance horse that like I just mentioned he had the same breeding apparently as your horse, oh, so that's pretty cool. Um, he yeah. he was the inspiration, you know, for the decade teams actually, mm-hmm. um, and and so it it never I never wanted it to be consecutive because I understood that you know life interferes. People have things happen in their lives. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's horse related, maybe it's not. But you know, people have. Deaths and marriages and divorces and children yeah. and all these things can interfere. And yeah. to me, you know, even if you miss a year or two, it it just still shows that you um have the longevity with your horse. You know, exactly. so so I always yeah. wanted it to be you know ten years, and it didn't matter if it was consecutive or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I think
0: it's um, it's such it's actually it's easier to accomplish. Um, I, I mean, I, and I, t- and I remember thinking like, I am so fortunate that her first 10 years were consecutive and I didn't think that the next 10 years would be, and I didn't have a goal in mm-hmm. mind to do 20, but you know, she was still going strong at 18 when she got to be a decade team horse. She was, in fact, she did Tevis at 18. So I thought, well, you know, she's still, going great and so i just continued to ride her and you know another few and then i'm at 15 years i'm like wow okay 15 uh-huh. now could we could we do another five out of this and we just kept riding another year and another year and then at you know 17 or 18 i'm like okay this is almost within reach at this point so uh-huh. i just you know have kept her um she lives at my house most of the time. I mean, I have a pasture down the hill, but I I watch her every day. I'm with her all the time. So, I'm sure happy so, about that.
1: So, do you have any advice for people that w- want to um, you know, achieve longevity with their horse?
0: Well, I would say for sure um I don't go fast and so um I just let the horse set the pace. Luckily, she's not one that is crazy and has to be in front and grab that horse that's running down the trail in front of her. And she does take care of herself. So I think there's a, um, she, she doesn't have, um, okay, let's see. So she, um, she does take care of herself in that if she's, you know, stressed out enough as we're going down the trails, maybe she's following another horse and then realizing this is when it would happen would be that she says, I've got to slow down and she'll start to walk. And as much as she wants to be with that horse, she just says, whatever, I'm going to slow down and walk for a few minutes. And I always let her do that because I know she would like to be with that horse in front, but if she wants to walk, then that's what she gets to do. Mm-hmm. And every time after she's taken a breather, She'll like throw her, she'll pick her head up. and like, okay, we got to go catch that horse now. And then we'll just have to blast <laughs> out the trail to go catch up. So it's just her way of like just taking a breather, but then she's right back with that next horse. So she doesn't like lose her place. Not that we need to be in any kind of placing, but I always thought that's kind of odd. Aren't you stressing out to go catch that next horse <laughs> when you just gave yourself some time off? So um, I let her pick the pace and I, um, and so and and, like I said, she's not a crazed horse where she has to go fast and you know go beyond her abilities, so um, I think that's really important um, so, in that regard, I didn't have a horse I had to manage their speed, and um and let's see, she's been on um i mean again, she's been able to eat a lot of green grass, so I think she's she's got a she's got good health um I think just a combination of so many things and I'm not sure which ones are really important, but I would say speed and letting the horse, um, manage their own health is super helpful. hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I, um, try to think of what else might factor into that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm a pretty relaxed person. So, um, I, uh, don't get too, you know, jacked up and nervous.
1: And right, And right. the horse mm-hmm. nervous
0: as well. So I've just, and, and actually when she was young, she was, like I said before, she's a kind of a nervous horse. And I remember the first couple of times I had to put a saddle on her at an endurance ride tied to the trailer. I had two other, one was a horse trainer, friend of mine, and another guy was a big guy. And she was swinging back and forth, like digging a hole to China. I mean, she was just digging, 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 and just super nervous. And I thought, I hope I can get on this horse. So <laughs> she's definitely Um, come a long way. And I think we have, um, you know, a great relationship. You know, I walk her down a lot of hills. Um, She doesn't have great feet at all. In fact, she has kind of a high-low syndrome where she's got a really long toe and a low heel on one one foot. And, oh, I could actually mention this. It's the shoeing turned out to be critical in her career. Mm And that was that she was inconsistently somewhat off in her first 600 miles of her endurance career. And I would say she finished every ride, but the vets would usually say, you know, maybe go slower on the downhills. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm pretty going pretty slow already on the downhills. And it turned out I decided to take her to uh, UC Davis to have her evaluated. And just to say, because the local vet said that um, she could have bone pain, arthritis, she could have something that, that he couldn't Determine at this point, he said. You may need to go to Davis if you want to pursue this. And they almost immediately they injected her on her left front, and then she was off on her right front. So they said it's it's. Um, they believed that it was her shoeing, and that she just needed her toes cut back. So she's now been in natural balance shoes, which are squared off. I know you know what it is, um, uh-huh. and so she has a quicker breakover. And so that took the stress off of her, um, I guess, her ligaments in the back. Anyway, it, it made her more upright. She has a wedge um, pad as well to get her more upright. And she's now done 4,000 miles plus in her natural balance shoes. So oh. that was like a, a turning point in her career because I thought, well, I could use her as a trail horse. But I don't think I have time to have a trail horse and then go get another endurance horse. I need to have this horse be my endurance horse.
1: Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: um and I was just thrilled um, that that's that was a turnaround point for her. And um, my I've had the same farrier for her whole life. After the initial six hundred miles, I um, we have new shoes and a different farrier, and it's um, it's been great.
1: Oh, good. Well, what are your plans for the future with her?
0: I would. Um, Boy, well, she looks great right now. I'm just I I may do another endurance ride this fall. Cuneo Creek is one that's in our region. And um and next spring, if she's just looking great and feeling healthy, I might try and pick off another one. The ride that I did um when she did get her twenty year um mark was uh, a local ride that she knows the trails really well. It's called Chalk Rock and it's uh-huh. on a, a private ranch up here where we live and because I think it's helpful that she knows the trails. She knows where she can go a little faster, or where I get off and walk, and it's pretty hilly. So I do walk her up the hills, and I lead her down the hills. So I'm fortunate that I can get off and help her out that way. Um, so I we'll just see. We'll see if she looks good and feels good. I have now that we've hit 20 years. I feel like it's almost like the pressure is off. Okay, we did it <laughs> now. If, if now the rest will just be for fun.
1: Right. If, um, right. Yeah. I know it's quite an accomplishment Um, and I get it. It, It's kind of bittersweet at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, because you know, she's, she's nearing the end of her career, which has been incredible. But at the same time, you know, you're sitting there, you know, looking towards the future. And so do you have a new endurance horse coming along?
0: I, I, I do have another endurance horse that I bought two and a half years ago, and um he's been a little bit of a challenge um and he's a big bruiser of a horse uh-huh. and uh he's a half arab and he's a a quarter um Hanoverian actually and um so I've been working with him and and he's 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 been fun to ride once we get down the trail um so that's, um, so he's the one I've been doing most of my rides on in the last couple of years. Oh, okay. And I just um, keep her for that, that, special, that special ride, one more ride.
1: <laughs> well, so. I want to thank you again for joining us and wish you congratulations on your accomplishment, Thanks. 20 years on the same horse, doing 50 miles and up. That's a remarkable accomplishment. Thank you very much some people don't think horses and people communicate we call those people not horse people not horse people don't know you and your horse share a unique bond or that your horse knows you know they like your dogs but not so much the barking at sentinel horse nutrition we don't knock not horse people we're too busy focusing on horse people's horses with extruded nugget feeds for exceptional nutrition and formulas for every need our wide choice of feeds makes it easy to find the fit for your horse's health find theirs at feed and we have two guests coming up. And we are going to be talking about trail trials this morning. We have Victor Pedrosa, who is the Trail Trials Chairman in California, and Maria Hines, who is the region 4 chairperson. So w- welcome this morning, Victor and Maria. Thank you. Good. Nice to be here. Okay, nice so to let's be you too. Good morning to you. Let's start with Victor. Can you give us a brief overview uh, and describe for our listeners what trail trials are?
2: Uh, trail trials—it's a—it's a program that was started. Oh gosh, I, I, a while back. I'll let Maria give you the, the details on that. But uh, the trail trials—we do—we set trails in an open environment, like the foothills or the high sierras. Uh, we have obstacles set up along the trail with individual judges who read uh, read you the instructions as to how to execute an obstacle, and then you're judged on who, how you and your horse execute that obstacle based on those instructions.
1: Okay, so Maria, give us a little bit, um, like Victor just mentioned, a little bit more on the history. How How long okay. has this been going on and...
5: So Trail Trials is a program of California State Horsemen's Association. Um, So California uh, State Horsemen's Association, also known as CSHA, um, they began in 1942. They were formed mainly in the Bay Area from uh, some various horse organizations, clubs, and they were formed um, as a statewide federation of horsemen for legislative strength in order to preserve equestrian riding and hiking trails in camping facilities within publicly controlled forests and parks. Yes, I read that right off their website. <laughs> um, the then trail trials began in 1995. Um, so it's a sanctioned program within CSHA, where as Victor said, riders are judged on their skills and their abilities to guide their horses through various natural obstacle courses. Um, within CSHA, they have all different types of programs, English Western, Canna, Drill, uh, horse mastership, royalty programs, uh, obstacle challenge. So this is just one of the programs that CSHA offers.
1: Okay. So can you describe a little bit, um, Maria, what are like, describe some of the obstacles? What What would a rider expect to encounter?
5: So it it really kind of depends on where the trail trial is held. So if it's up in the mountains, you're going to encounter different types of obstacles as if you were riding down in a city type of environment or urban type of environment. So um, up in the mountains, you're going to come upon stepping over logs, opening gates, Uh, Riding through creeks, uphills, downhills, dragging logs. Um, If you're down in urban settings, you could come upon birthday parties. So you're going to have balloons and maybe some kids sitting at a table playing some music, volleyball games, um, mountain bikes. So it just kind of depends on where the event is held on what type of obstacles you're going to see. Um, But they're there. Most of the obstacles are just what you see in the environment. And then the ride manager that's putting on the ride will kind of manipulate things. They'll maybe put some extra logs in place for you to step over, or they'll hang a bag up in a tree that you're supposed to raise up to keep away from the bears, different types of things like that.
1: Oh, okay. And uh, Victor, what kind of divisions are there or... You know, how do you, um, you know, group your writers as far as, like, their experience levels go? Now, currently, currently we
2: have three divisions, novice, intermediate, and advanced. Uh, we have, and within those divisions, we have juniors, adults, and seniors. So juniors would be 17 and under. Adults would be 18 to and 59. And seniors, uh, like me, the old guys, would be uh, <laughs> over 60-plus. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, that 60 plus group is growing and growing and growing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know a lot of the gals from from my area, I know, go over and do trail trials. And uh, they're always posting all the nice awards and belt buckles and things that they win.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We tend to give out some pretty decent awards and, you know, mainly mainly buckles. But, you know, we have... uh, you know, uh, just a variety of stuff. We have a lot of a lot of people that are pretty handy and artistic, and you know, cut glass, stained glass windows, kind of stuff, uh, ornaments, uh, the buckles, you know, artwork, photographs. Uh, you know, I I do a hand braided set of reins every now and then for some you know special events. So just lots and lots of good prizes.
1: Oh, nice! And uh-huh. it's relatively
2: inexpensive. I mean, if you know, uh-huh. competitive writers uh, competitive writers are fifty dollars a day, schooling writers are twenty five. And then, if you just want a companion ride and not compete, you know that's fifteen dollars a day plus the uh, plus the state uh, drug fees.
1: Okay, so how does it work? Like, describe uh, you, you know how it how it works. Like, say somebody new shows up to a trail trials. What can they expect as far as do they all go out in a group or they go one at a time? Uh, go ahead, Maria. I'll let you cover that one.
5: Okay. Um, so the great thing with trail trials is it's very group friendly and family friendly. So you have a group, up to five people, and you go for a trail ride. And then along the trail, there will be a sign that usually says "Whoa" or number one or two, depending on you know what obstacle you're at. And then one at a time, you ride up to the obstacle judge. They read you what they want you to do. And then once you're, like, set, they say, okay, go ahead. And then you individually, you'll ride through. She'll judge you. Then the next person will come through. You wait on the other side. Once everyone is done with that obstacle, then you continue on your trail ride. Um, If you're a new person, um, we will usually stick you in a time frame where there is an opening and hopefully somebody that will kind of mentor you through. Most of the people are very helpful and are and are very happy to mentor new members that come through.
4: Um, mm-hmm.
5: It just kind of, the thing is, is that you, you have to depend on your horses getting along and people getting along. So sometimes you can get into a group that you might not just click with, but at the next event you go to, you could get put into a different group and you might find some lifelong companions there. Um, if you come as a group of two or three, then we'll put you in your own group and then you may have another two that jump in there with you and ride together.
1: Okay. And how long are the courses overall? Like, are they, so? Know-
5: so of course it it just depends on the trails that each ride manager finds. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say generally a Saturday is about a 5 maybe maybe 4 to 5 or 6 miles long. Sundays usually shorter, so you're going to get about a 3 to 4 mile ride.
1: Okay, so and how many how many oops. obstacles in that
5: Usually on Saturdays we do 10 and Sunday rides we do 8 because we know people want to get home like you said we have people coming from Nevada we have people coming from the the northern California or southern California area we know everybody wants to get home on Sunday get their trailers unpacked and get ready for the work week
2: okay but typically, typically we ride about you know a uh, sit about 4 hour 4 or 5 hours on the trail you know anything more than that is too long a day uh, so we try to, we try to adjust the, 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 daily trails to accommodate that, that our, our, you know, our parameter. So we don't want to spend a whole lot of time out there. It's a lot of fun being out there, but it's still, you know, you want you don't want to make a long day of it.
1: Right. And then after you're done, um, do you have an awards or dinner?
2: Yeah, we do. We, st- we, uh, typically on Saturday we'll have a group, you know, a group meal, like a potluck or just a barbecue. Where everybody comes together, we'll tally up all, tally up all the scores, post them, and then then we'll give out awards based on all the other all the categories that we the three categories that I mentioned.
1: Okay, so do either of you have any advice for a newbie that wants to do some training with their horse so they get a little bit of preparation done ahead of time before their first trail trials? What would you suggest they do? Just I tell you what the I think one of the most
2: important things that I that I found is uh, find a clinic someplace. We have clinics uh, a couple clinics a year. One in Northern California, and then one here in Central Valley, and then another a couple clinics down south in the Riverside in the Riverside area. But find a clinic to go to and learn from the people that have done it before you. Uh, and then once you get that done, you know, expose your horse and your rider, you and your horse, to as many different uh, environments as possible trucks cars bikes people walking balloons crossing over water those kinds of things just practice practice practice
1: okay okay and maybe dragging something or yeah drag
2: uh, yeah drag poles you know uh-huh. kind of stick rope, ropes ropes and buckets in trees and pull them up those kinds of things uh, Maria what do you suggest
5: um just as Victor said, uh, desensitizing your horse just to all kinds of things. Drape things on them, wrap, uh, wrap ropes, you know, soft cotton ropes. Just loop it sort of around their leg. Let them get used to just things being around their legs. Um, when you practice at home, practice from the back and also practice practice from the ground, maneuvers, side passing, haunch turns, forehand turns, backing up. Um, Just getting your horse to listen to everything that you're asking them to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Leading, sending your horse, um, attending a clinic is great. You can also contact uh, the region chairperson for where you are located. And they can usually connect you with experienced riders who are frequently willing to do a trail ride with you and just show you different things along the trail. That you can try and practice. Um, don't avoid. Don't avoid the stuff that scares your horse. Experience experience, experience in it.
2: Exactly.
5: Exactly.
2: Okay, so- and Karen, once 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 you start doing trail trials and you're riding down a trail, uh, you'll start seeing obstacles everywhere you know uh-huh. and uh, you'll see well you know i could just side pass this big log here or i could step over those rocks or you know need to i i could cross that water those kinds of things and you know once you start doing them you'll start seeing them and then you'll 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 start practicing but just
1: again like i said practice 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 get you know get your horse used to just about anything okay that makes good sense so um do you guys have a website or a social media um page for p- People to go to to learn more
2: Yes our calendar is posted on the web www.trailtrials.com and that'll that'll take you to our uh, to our our event calendar and then uh, www org will take you to our main uh, tr- uh, california state horseman's website and that from there you can pick up lots of information on the trail trials website uh, It lists all the events. And the entry forms and all the all the details about a specific ride.
1: Okay, and you have events year round, I assume, since you're in California.
2: Oh, we start not, we start our not. You, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Maria.
5: Not necessarily. Um, we definitely take time off in California because it does rain here, like it did last year. <laughs> um, so you, our, our state championship event is usually at the end of September. Then from September until probably March, February, March, we kind of take a break through the holidays. Okay. Okay. Um, and then events generally down in Southern California, will kind of start picking up around February, March, and then it'll slowly move its way up, um, to the, to the central and, and Northern region. Um, we also do have a Facebook page. It's California Trail Trials, and we generally post all of our upcoming events, um, little teasers of awards that we're giving, or pictures of the location. So that's also a good social media uh, contact.
1: Oh, okay, well, thank you, what, what,
2: Karen. If I may, ask, just add one more thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, one of the things that I've done as state chairman is I I, ha- I do have a personal. Uh, um, um, uh, Facebook uh, link, uh, chairmanstips.com, or actually, w- what is it? It's the Chairman's Tips on Facebook. That's what it's called. Uh, and, okay. and there, Maria and I have done videos of some of the obstacles that we do and tips on, you know, tips on how to do them. Kind of okay. So we try okay. We, we try to do that a lot. We try to do as much as we can, but... You know, so if you have a question about something, send send a message and then we, we can try to post something for you.
1: Okay. Well, that's worth checking out because I think doing trail trials is a great way to, you know, have a well-rounded horse.
2: Correct. It, it really is. And I'll tell you, just in closing, one of the things that I I, I found about, about trail trials is that I came from sorting and pinning and, you know, the fast events, you know, uh-huh. as I got older. And I think if you ask a lot of our members, as I got older... I just got past going fast. I want to go slow and I want to enjoy myself. <laughs> and, uh-huh. you know, and, you know, I don't I don't bounce like I used to, so I don't want to fall off. But, uh, you know, trail trials to me was, was something that allowed me to be on my horse, allowed me to meet a lot of new people, a lot of fun people and hang out. You know, I've never felt alone when I go to a trail trial, even when I started. You know, I, 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 one of our members saw me standing by myself and she said, what are you doing? Come on over here. Get over here. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of brought brought me into the group. And that's really what I like about trail trials. You know, Maria the same way, she'll see somebody standing there by themselves and she'll go over and grab them and just bring them into the, him into the group.
1: Sounds like fun. Terrific. Well <laughs> Well, you guys, thank you for joining us this morning. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us especially with performance
2: horses flies can really be a nuisance fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use i don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than Spalding fly predators
3: okay we didn't get to talk at the beginning of the show before I got to, before we got our guests on we did not get to talk about two topics uh the first one is tevis is coming up so give
1: us what tevis is and why we should watch Yes, Tevis is coming up July 29th at the end of the month. It's, uh, what is it, the 65th year or something like that? Um, yeah. And also, just real quick, it's my anniversary today. I've been married 36 years. woo so Party time! I know. So, anyways, back to Tevis, they have made, they're calling it the snow route year, modified snow route. They have made... Numerous changes to the trail. Things have been changed around. Um, They've taken some of the trail out early on and added more trail it, towards the end so it's it's going to be re- really interesting to watch and see how it turns out so anybody interested in following the tevis this year can go to uh, uh teviscup.org and follow it or just do a search on google for the tevis now they Which do is,
3: they do the dot watching thing where the so a uh, Not all maybe, but the riders will have some kind of a tracking device. So you can actually
1: watch live as they
3: continue around the
1: course. Absolutely. They do a live webcast where you can look up your riders, if you're following riders, by their numbers or by their names. And you can follow them from one checkpoint to the next. A lot of the riders will also have those little spot trackers on them. So you can follow them on, on a map during the actual course and all those links will be posted, you know, closer to ride time. So you'll yeah. be able to follow all of those. I'm, I'm going to put this
3: out there. Ride organizers, competition organizers, regardless of what, what uh, discipline you work in. Tevis does one of the best jobs of any competition. I follow remotely of providing mm-hmm. a really good spectator experience. So, If Even if you're not interested in endurance riding, if you're involved with a competition that wants to have a good online presence to encourage people to watch and participate that way, go over to Tevis and take in what they do because they do a really good job of it. And it's tevis.org, right? uh or teviscup.org teviscup.org if you put Mm -hmm. tevis cup in any search engine it'll come up because again Mm -hmm. they do a great job they have great seo now -hmm. the other thing we didn't get to talk about before we got our guests on is you went to a driving competition as in carriage driving
1: i did it was at the fairgrounds and it was a local group the cal neva carriage driving club and i thought you, you know it, it's like as you know i try to do a lot of different variable type of training with my horses like i just i also took them to a trail trials recently and i took them to a goat show and i took them to the monster truck wait wait wait, which, wait 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 wait, a goat show a goat show and i got we got kicked out <laughs> they, they, they evicted us they said horses, no horses weren't on their insurance and they oh, were yeah. afraid of the goat's getting hurt and I'm kind of looking at, at it like oh I'm more afraid of my horse getting hurt than the goats (laughs) but whatever you know I mean my my experience that goats are pretty durable but okay I understand my you know my horses are just fine around goats they're fine so but in either case I did go there to see a friend that was judging and so um we we left when we were asked but and then the next week was the carriage driving show so it's only a mile from my house so we rode the horses up there and got to watch um, some of the different classes and it's just, those horses are so cool. The little mini horses and the the ponies and the draft horses. I mean, it's just, so cool to watch them all go out there and do their thing it's just it's really neat and it's good experience for my horses of course they've been to plenty of events where we've been riding on the trail with like the nita group the nevada endurance driving association so my horses are used to carriages and carts and chariots Mm -hmm. and mules and minis you know because i know if a horse has never seen some of that stuff it could be quite alarming for them it can Uh, be so so good on you yeah. for taking
3: them out and letting them get used to that. Right. And mm-hmm. just, just like other things that are novel to a horse, uh, basic introduction 101 is to have the object, in this case carriages, move away from your horse
1: as uh-huh. he approaches it.
3: It's like, oh, look, he runs away from you, not towards you, not a predator. See, he leaves, he's afraid of you. And uh-huh. it's amazing to me how quickly horses who were previously intimidated by carriages and carts get used to them right so if you're a little bit worried about that find somebody who is versed in helping horses become used to carriages and go for it because I have not come across a horse yet who hasn't become comfortable with it right when introduced Mm -hmm. and trained appropriately so there you go good on you and last thing we're going to do today is wrap up the show. Remind everybody when you're here, you are here the second second Tuesday. Tuesday. Is that right? Second Uh Tuesday of the month. And where can people appropriately stalk you online? Um, NV Endurance Rider. NV NV. as in Nevada, NV Endurance Rider. Uh And
1: where can folks find out more about endurance riding? AERC.org. And you can go there and look up rides by state or region. And, uh, you know, if you're not ready to ride yet, go volunteer. All the ride managers appreciate volunteers. Yeah, and they always feed you good food. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> endurance ride endurance riders
3: work really hard and they suffer a lot. They have lots of adventures. <laughs> but when the ride's finished and it's meal time, the ones I've attended, they feed you really well.
1: They do. I they know. And and the local rides often have the taco track. So that's really nice. And uh-huh. By the way, it's the 67th Tevis on July 67. 29th wow. this year. That's 67 cool.
3: years. There you go. We will have a link to the Tevis on this episode page. But again, just Google it. Use, use your favorite search engine. We will be back again tomorrow with more horses in the morning. I believe Glenn and Jamie are going to be here tomorrow. So it'll be fun for all. Until next month, we'll see you then.